Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. You're listening to Footy Prime, the podcast, brought to you by DAZN. DAZN, game changed. With Danny Dicchio, Craig Forrest, Brandon Dunlop, and James Sharman. For producer Dan Wong and myself, Jeff Cole, let's get this party started. Well, that sounded a bit different, but it sounds it sounds quite good. After so many years, well, two years anyway, of pleading for someone to pay attention to notice us. Someone, someone did. Someone did. Thank you, Zone. We're happy to be part of the family. Um, it's for you on the podcast still, though. I'm still Shaman. He's still Forrest. Dickio's still here. Dan Wong's still here. Brendan Dunlop's still here. JC, you just heard he's still here as well. Nothing changes as far as a pod's concerned. Just maybe a few uh, little mentions of certain companies at times to help finance Danny Dicchio's wages. He's the only one that's getting paid for this whole thing. So um, we got to pay for it somehow. And the other methods were uh, costing us our marriages. So, yeah, welcome back. It's a new season. We're happy to be here. <sighs> the podcast is back, not in person just yet, but I dare say by this time next week we'll reconvene in the garage. Right, Wonger? Is that the plan? Yeah, that's the plan. And then you guys can explain to me, if you haven't already, what the hell the Super Cup was. I literally, I'm going, they put these two teams, but they pull them out of a hat? Like, explain. Well, no, well, one's Villarreal. the European champion and the other one's the other European champion. Uh, yeah, except. Very simple, Wonger. It's very simple. is the European champion for the Europa? Is that it? <laughs> yeah, the Europa League. So, right. but that's not really a champion. That means you won out of, out of the best six other teams. Like, you're the best of the worst teams. Yeah. Yes, you're exactly right, Wonger. So the Super Cup is the best of the worst teams By versus George, the best team. He's got it. Exactly. And it's and all now, about the Super Cup. Isn't so now that- there's a new one this year too, right? There's the community, what's it called? The UEFA Community Cup Shield thingy, which is like for the either, even even worse teams. Now, now, do they factor into the Super Cup? Dude, isn't that ruining the word super a little bit? Yeah, a little That's bit. All. I'm just, I'm asking about, you know, hyperbole and the rest. Let me, I'm just throwing it out there. Well, hey, I think actually... Wonger, if, if anybody, whoever wins the Europa League, as much as it's a secondary tournament, never used to be. I know you got some great questions about this, but when it was the UEFA Cup, uh, it, it had much more power and strength to it because the Champions League, it was the European Championship, was just the winners only. So when Ipswich won it, for instance, in 70, you know, 82 or 81, it was UEFA Cup. Well, they finished second in the top flight at that time. So good teams were in it. Now you're dropping down. West Ham, for instance, qualified this year. And if they win the Europa League, then they get into the Champions League the following year. So it gives you some motivation for sure. But then, then the worst of the best teams in the Champions League dropped down to the Europa League knockout phase too. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't get any easier. I can't. I, I just know. needed. I don't think that was a stupid question, was it? You no, guys? it was. It was a very stupid question. Oh, yeah, you ask a lot of stupid you. questions. Thank you. Fair enough. Yeah, that should, have, that should be a new segment. I the zones with us this week. That's why we love you, Wonger. You're the you're the guy that brings nothing. <laughs> <laughs> we should do that each week. Have Wonger's stupidest question of the week. Fair enough. I'm doing it. <laughs> he loves it. He loves it. Sure, I love negative attention. You fuckers. 
So this is our, our big preview pod for the European season, specifically that the Premier League, although we'll touch on a bunch of stuff, I'm sure. Um, and by the way, Chelsea won. Did you even see the end there? Chelsea won at Chelsea are the Super Cup champions. So uh, they've got a trophy already to go with. Um, Leicester's community shield from... <laughs> let's explain that one to Wonga, shall we? The community shield. No, let's not bother. Anyway, there's been two, two, two trophies handed out so far. In this young season, but um, this is our big preview pod. Now, playing off our uh, the Zone Soccer Show, three big things. I thought we'd do ten big things that are kind of on our minds as far as you know the football world is concerned. The Zone was number one. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's going to evolve, obviously, but the show I think you'll really enjoy it. And as I mentioned, this pod won't change at all. We're married together. The, the Zone Soccer Show, Footy Prime, the podcast. There's just more swearing in this show. That's really the, the major difference. And we might go down some dark alleys, so to speak, that we wouldn't be going down on the DAZN soccer show. But anyway, that's the DAZN part of things. We're very happy about that, very proudly part of that. But let's start with the, the big elephant in the room, um, Leo Messi. I know it's not Prem-related, but we hoped it would be Prem-related, Deech. La Liga, no Messi. There's, there's no Ramos now either. Of course, Ronaldo left. Um, where does La Liga rate on your don't-give-a-shit meter right now? <laughs> I think he's just behind MLS at the moment, Shams. <laughs> <laughs> it's a TFC's uh, global ambassador speaking there, by the way. Yeah. No, I mean, listen, there's, there's there's a lot of things behind this move that the average Joe will not know about. And I think the television rights, I think the other teams in La Liga, the other chairmans, the presidents, the other players from all the other clubs wanted Lionel Messi to stay as much as the Barcelona fans and they needed Lionel Messi to stay but it hasn't happened the old romantic in me really thought that he was going to stay and he was going to agree with everything but obviously that that big financial package didn't come through with the the sponsors or whoever it was that was promising to back Lionel Messi's new contract and he's unfortunately packed his bags and gone to beautiful Paris for two years and try and win in a Champions League there. I think it'll be his fifth Champions League that he's trying to win there um, under Mauricio Pochettino. Deeds, do you think uh, or how is PSG uh, doing this under the financial fair play umbrella? Absolutely no idea. I think they're probably doing it how I manage my own financial accounting <laughs> as well. But I was just reading a ridiculous quote on, on Twitter there that they released 150,000 jerseys last night, Messi jerseys, PSG, and they sold out within seven minutes. So I think there's a big market in play behind this as well, Craig, as we know with the big players that come in with the, with the big names. Ronaldo was a massive pull for Juventus in trying to sell more jerseys. Beckham was the same at Real Madrid. And we all know he's probably the greatest player that's ever played football. Um, he's now got that, that title for Argentina as well under his belt. But to bring in Messi, PSG are not only bringing him in for his football, because he's, what, 34, 33 now, guys? Or is he a little bit older? So, no, he's 34 now. He's, yeah. on, he's on the back end of his career now. So I think it's a, a huge play by PSG marketing-wise, branding-wise, to push them through to be one of the biggest clubs in the world. But are we only, we're getting into a situation here where it's the have and have-nots. And like when we're talking about have, we're talking about an absolute different level with the Arabs and the money that they bring, even Man City, PSG. Like it's just uh, very difficult for people to compete in that world. But FFP, I mean, let's be honest, it's a suggestion, right nowadays because you contravene the rules and, and they give you some tough punishment and then you go to the court of arbitration in sport and, and they'll cut it in half and maybe you'll lose a transfer window but you've already broken it by bringing players in the year before and they're still it's, and it's a complete joke it's asinine um so and plus in in, in this particular case because of covid you have relaxed the, the ffp rules right they said, okay, you know, we'll worry about it next year, essentially. So I think PSG still need to sell players, which they'll do. But it still doesn't make any sense to have Mbappe, Neymar, and Messi in the same team, plus all those other superstars. You can't possibly – I don't care how many shirts you sell because they're not taking 100% of those profits, right? They're taking, what, I don't know, 40% of the profits from the shirt sales. 
They've got to buy the shirts. They've got to pay the manufacturers too. It's so convoluted. Um, and as exciting as it is to see Messi and Mbappe and Neymar on the same field for, for at least a year, unless they've got to sell Mbappe next year, who knows, for a year. I don't know. To me, it's so disappointing. B, you, you tell us, are you, is it an anticlimax for you that he's gone to France where, yeah, we'll see him in the Champions League, but I don't really follow Liga that closely. You know, Lille perhaps with Jonathan David, but with the way those teams have all struggled financially, the gap's going to be enormous. The biggest gap in anything in world football will be between first place in France and second place in France now. Yeah, I'm not excited about it at all. The prospect of leaving Barcelona was scintillating last year, and it finally happened, and he's gone to I couldn't care less about it, to be honest. Yeah, it, it really is a shame, as is your internet connection. But I know you're doing the best to, to, to fix it right now. Poor B. Right, I'll he, leave guys. Great, the reason he's got this, this great hair is because he's losing it as well at the same time, I think. Because he's <laughs> so stressed. And I'm he blaming. just left. It, so everyone he's knows had enough. He got so frustrated. He was on the phone with his with his internet provider, his wife, actually. His, his wife's upstairs watching a movie. You using all the Wi-Fi sticks. <laughs> and his dog is in his dog's room watching a movie as well, watching yeah. Air Bud or something yeah you're about doing an audition that's right tiktok um, lassie he's watching lassie <laughs> the little little is hobo oh that's a cracker we should do that top three best movies or tv series surrounding dogs. dogs you know what i think little is hobo might be number one that was one of canada's biggest exports wasn't Did it, it in, make in it the to 80s England? oh Did yeah i remember little's hobo yeah really yeah i thought it was better than lassie Guys, it was shot up at CTV on McCowan, where, where, where we all used to work. Was it really? Yeah. The studio was there? Bayton was the, uh, one of the main producers of The Little Tobo, because it was CTV straight back then, and it was Bayton and CTV. It was a well-put-together show. Well-written. Oh, yes. yes. Well-edited. Well-shot. Animatronic dog. <laughs> it was awful. <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> There was 17 dogs, and you guys just didn't notice it was a puppet at the end. Longer looks like a beachcomber right now. Fudge. Jeez, getting a little mean on me there, Craig. Spent four hours trying to set you up on the weekend. I know. I thought you were coming over tonight. No. Too much work. We're going to virtual together. Virtual together. You and your big cup of tea. (laughs) It's a big mug there, isn't it? It's a nice mug. Yeah. Uh, back to the football. Back to Messi quickly here. Do you think? I mean, is Spain doing the right thing here? They, Spain have been very strong in their, their new rules. With you know, basically, it's, it's their own financial fair play. Most leagues should have it. Say they have it, but Spain are saying no. You can't spend more than than you have. There's, there's going to be a um, a limit to our, to spending. You can't keep doing this, and we're going to punish you, Barcelona and whoever it is, by, by handing out these these crazy contracts, even if it means you losing the icon of not just you know, Barcelona, but the icon of, of Spanish football. Well, listen, I'm sure Craig will tell us more in depth, but Real Madrid and Barcelona have been basically living in debt for the past 10, 15 years with the squads that they've had um, fighting for La Liga championships. These teams don't really make money year by year. They're, they're, they're living in the black. And it just goes to show you that the, the La Liga and whoever it is, the, the federation have said, Enough is enough. And it was actually interesting. I think it was Laporte, who's the Barcelona chairman, come out and said, if we actually went through with this messy contract, it could affect Barcelona for the next 50 years if it actually went through. So something had to give. They were waiting for that financial package, that aid from new sponsors. It didn't come through. So they had to make a decision. And the decision is is losing your darling. That's been your your, your pin-up boy for the last... 15, 20 years, who come through the system and is a fantastic player who's won everything he can with that club and, and has been a great ambassador for it. But there always did, the Liga, did the Liga make any changes as far as the the way they structure their TV package? Because that's where the Premier League is has a little bit more parity because the, the money is split more equally TV, but over in Spain they do yeah. their own deals. So the only... you got, bottom of League La Liga teams, the only time they're making money is when they're playing Real Madrid or Barcelona. Well, that, that used to be the case, didn't it, Craig, where like Real Madrid and Barcelona had so much more of the portion from TV rights. Yeah, they negotiated their own deals, effectively. Yeah. 
it's interesting. Think... It's interesting today as well that they both come out Barcelona and Real Madrid, and and they're both saying that they're thinking of boycotting their live games on Spanish TV and just running it on their own uh, channel. Wow. I mean, they've had it their own way for so long. Now there's pushback from the whole league. And I'm sure part of this is, is coming out of the Super League proposal too, right? You know, Now you know why those two teams and Juventus need the Super League to make their money. But the rest of Spain are saying, to hell with you. You know, you're going to leave us in the lurch. So too bad. You know, deal with it now. And I think with, with the broadcast rights, I know what the – I was reading um, this past week was this company, this, this hedge fund company, CVC, we're going to invest a lot of money into La Liga, like $250 million or something, which would have allowed the likes of Barcelona to retain the likes of Leo Messi and these players. However, they would have mortgaged then their broadcast and commercial future to this this company for, I think, the 50 years or whatever it was, Deitch. Um And that's why Barca and Real said, no, we're not doing that. Yeah. So... They're the two outliers in Spain, those two teams. And you know what? You can't have it your own way all the time. And I guess they're being you know, stood up to finally. And it's a shame that it ends this way. It shames Messi, Messi leaves because I don't blame Messi. People are saying he should have played for free. Well, you can't do that in Spain, apparently. That's actually illegal as well, although that's murky now as well. He took a 50% pay cut. Yeah. Right? 50%. I mean... What, what do you want hey, the guy he, to really do? He saved enough money in taxes that he didn't pay. He's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Point. Remember that? Because he almost quit Spain, what is it, four or five years ago now because of the tax situation? That's correct, yes. Jesus Christ. Christ. It. It was, it's interesting as well because in Italy they had a very similar kind of situation about 10 years ago, maybe a little bit less than that. And they decided to really invest in the Italian player and they started saying – we need to start developing younger Italian players within our teams. Uh, yes, the foreign players have come over and added strength to the league, but they kind of turned it a different way by saying, if we want our national team to be um, successful and competing for championships, then we need to totally restructure our TV and the way we're spending wages. And their wages actually dipped a lot in Italy, and a lot of foreign players refused, not refused, but they didn't fancy going over there like in the late, 80s, early 90s, Craig, when, when Serie A was so like flamboyant and everyone wanted to go and play there. But they really changed it around. They worked on their developing of their coaches mm-hmm. and their younger players. And you're seeing, uh, okay, an Italian team that just won the Euros, who I thought weren't technically the best team, but tactically and competitively, they were far superior than any other team. And it just goes to show you, if a federation is forward thinking like that, I think you'll, you'll, you'll reap the benefits in the future. Maybe Spain are thinking that along those lines as well. I think that almost happened by default, doesn't it? Because when you, you look at the Premier League with the power that they have and the choices that they have to go around and pick whoever they want financially, that has hurt the English team in the past, for sure. They have to change their ways as far as how they develop because it's hard to have the best league in the world and have the have a national team, I think, that's really competitive. Germany, their system basically works to the pyramid top of uh, the national team. And I think we're seeing the benefits of what's happened there in Italy is some of their changes as well as they're, you know, just happening by default. When the wages go down, you have to homegrown players. It, uh, it benefited them, I think, for sure. Ditch, uh, I know we're talking about Italy right now in the national team. Were you torn? But when it was Italy and England, we weren't. You weren't around. And I'm sorry, I'm jumping around, Charms, on your on your. That's rundown. all right. I'm used to it. That's a good question, actually. We, we should get Ditch's uh, Euro yeah, perspective because like, we didn't miss I, it. I know you were down a little bit, but yeah. were, were you also a little up, knowing that they were partying in Toronto? All I can say is that I'm. Ju- I was just glad I wasn't at. The Dikio household in England because my mum and dad are probably tearing each other apart. Obviously, my mum's English and my dad's Italian. Um, I spoke to him at half time and he wasn't too happy. He was actually the only Italian at a, a house party at my uh, sister's house. There was a lot of English fans in there giving him a lot of stick. But um, I thought England, after they scored, uh, sorry, they just. Sorry, they just didn't play well after the first five, ten minutes. I thought they were very negative and. The Italians just look far superior in, in competing and wanting to play positively. And 
I was disappointed because I was an England fan on the day, really am, because uh, I love both countries, but I grew up in England, so I feel more English. Um, so disappointed, but at the end of the day, the best team won. I, I, I felt they deserved it. Great tournament, though, wasn't it? Really good tournament. I, I, I thought what was the most interesting thing about the tournament, Craig, was the parity between teams that we, we really didn't think about could contend or like compete with the bigger nations. And it was great to see Denmark push all the way after all what happened early in the tournament. There were some good other teams that I really liked watching as well that I think is going to make the World Cup next year even more watchable. And, and apart from Scotland, there wasn't a bad team there. <laughs> you had to throw that in, didn't you? The abuse even I got from my family. Yeah, damn right. What's that, Craig? North Macedonia even were not bad. They were good, yeah. They played pretty well. Yeah, no, it was it was a really, really great tournament. Um, I saw actually this past week too, Spurs and Arsenal in the preseason. Uh, the Spurs fans um, were supporting, cheering, and had a banner supporting Bakary Saka, which was incredible. You know, those two clubs, the hatred they've, sh- they've shown for each other, but they've shown solidarity for a common cause, right? And the racial abuse that that poor kid went through. So, you know, out of that, my God, Arsenal and Spurs fans agreeing on something? Just amazing. So it's the, the beauty of the sport, I suppose. We saw the bad and we saw the good as well at Euro for sure. Um, moving on, the preseason, fellas. Teacher's favorite time of the year. He loves these four-month preseasons. Um, let me ask you, though, Craig, when you played, though, you know, you're going through the few weeks of preseason, new players coming in, players going out. By the time that the season's going to kick off, do you have a pretty good gauge of how your year's going to unfold collectively and individually? Yeah, yeah, I think you have a pretty good idea where you're where you're sitting. I, I would imagine, you know, you can for sure, depending on your squad. I do remember we were standing there at uh, can't remember the park beach. I was we were running. You know, you go to the park, some take you to some random park around the area and run around it till you're puking. And uh, we were there, but first day of preseason, going to go on this ten kilometer, twelve kilometer run. Really looking forward to it. And Harry Redknapp stand, sitting and standing in the middle of the group. We'd finished fifth the previous year. And he was like, lads, we can go better than this. We can, I think we can win the league. <laughs> <laughs> and the way you reacted to each is exactly the way Neil Ruddick, Razor Ruddick, exactly the way he did. He started giggling. So Harry turns and he, he's like, that's your problem, Razor. You got no belief. <laughs> was was Razor like embarrassed when when you went on to win the league that year? Yeah, yeah, exactly. He was like, "Yeah, I think we we're about three or four short." But is that? I mean, in fairness, though, right? When, when you when you know who you are, know where you're at. You know, not a relegation team, say, not a champion team, but you know you're in that mucky middle. Um, is that enough to motivate you as a footballer, Deech? You know, to say, "Okay, you know, listen, boys, we know we're not going to finish." even in the European spots. Maybe we'll finish, you know, fifth or sixth possibly, but probably we're in the at that, that 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, mushy middle. Is that enough motivation to really get you guys going and play as hard as you can, knowing that really you're not going to play for much that season? At the end of the day, preseason is is full of a lot of emotions. Pain being the most <laughs> highest one. Pain and monotony, just like, as Craig said, running through forest um, back in the day, it was just so monotonous and no thought process behind it. But when you were actually getting into the training and games, the, the emotions changed in the sense of it being a lot of hope and optimism. And regardless of what your team were like, you, you always thought, boys, we, we could break into Europe this year. And then after about two or three games, you kind of knew and went, fuck, we could be... Uh, we could be bounced out of this league this year. <laughs> so it, it, there's always a lot of hope and optimism, as I said, with the players, with the fans, with the, the head coach. So getting off to a good start is is paramount. And were, were you ever really wrong or really, like, really wrong one way or the other? Where you went, I think we got a chance and you, like, plummeted, or I think we're going to be shite and you guys played great the whole season. Well, the first year at Sunderland, when we got promoted from, from the championship, we, uh, we came up and we had a really, really good team. But we were a really good championship team. And we had some guys that played in the Premier League. We had some guys um, that had experienced it. But we also had a lot of guys that 
hadn't played in the, in the Premier League, and, and that's a big factor. So when you go up to the Premier League, you can surprise a lot of teams, and we've seen that in recent years where where teams have gone up and, and Premier League players don't really know these guys coming up from the championships. They're kind of they're tricky players to play against, but they don't know their, their style of play. And we had that with Sunderland and we thought we would be okay. Our chairman, I think, didn't think we would be okay because he offered us like five grand a win back in 1998, which was crazy money. Guys were like coming out of that meeting room going, fucking hell, lads, we're going to get five grand a win. And I was like, yeah, well, we might only get two wins in a year. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> the spirit, Deech, the leader in Deech. <laughs> but we went on to finish like six, a, a really respectful six that year. Kevin Phillips banged the golden boot. I think he scored 32 goals. Him and Quinny had a great partnership. Me and Michael Bridges were, were their backups. And we just had a really solid team all round. And, uh, How many wins? Oh, I can't remember how many wins, but we had a lot of... What year was that? That was in 99, I think it was. 99? Oh, was your ponytail? Did you have a ponytail? No, still? no, I'd, I'd, I'd buzzed it off by then. You no. couldn't have that in Sunderland. They wouldn't, they wouldn't let you have that in Sunderland. The fans would tear it off. Um, Sunderland and withdrawn, Dunlop joins us again. I'm enjoying his first preseason at the pod, actually. So, so welcome back, B. How's the internet? Is it Okay. I don't know. You tell me, guys. I'm streaming off of my phone. It's great to uh, keep my job that I've got to uh, use yeah, the, the personal uh, personal data here. But uh, I didn't want to right. miss the preview pod, guys. You know, my dulcet tones belong on a preview pod, right? You sound if you put, good. If you um, put that bun, if you put the bun on top, it'll probably get some, like, radio... Yeah, this is actually this is actually great. This is great radio uh, that it's you're really doing chef. for us because because no one knows that you're referring to the ponytail that I'm wearing on camera with you guys for the first time <laughs> in our relationship. Hey, hey, I wanted to ask you guys a question, so you've asked me. Whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> Did your dog just fall down the stairs? That's my, that's my dogs ripping past me to the deck. Sorry, I thought that was a coyote in your house. <laughs> Uh, you've, you've asked me and Craig about like preseason and players, but if you've had a, a summer off from TV or media, did you guys ever go through a little training period before you got behind the desk or like, you know, to, to, to work yourself up? I don't know, Dunny, you've been out of work for a little bit and then you were back in CBC in front of the cameras. Did you have to do a little preseason before going on camera? No, it's a great, it's a great question, buddy. That's why I was smiling at you. Um, no, I didn't do, didn't do a, a preseason. I, mean, I may have benefited from uh, from a couple of uh, rehearsed shows beforehand, but yeah, it's it's definitely a stretch. As Sharma can tell you, even when you know we've gone away on holiday for two weeks and you're straight back into be it the footy show, uh, be it um, Central, where you're you're kind of right back into the machine of things. Yeah, there's a, there's a little bit of of rust for the first block, perhaps, or uh, you know, getting back into the swing of how much you got to watch you got to read it takes a second but no unlike in football there's not a lot of patience when it comes to talent and projects so they would never uh, spend money to in- invest in the, you know <laughs> upping the quality by having the talent more comfortable That's hey Denny, i'll tell you i'll tell you how i work for deach deach on the first game of the uh, season he would show up five minutes before the game ask us what game it is and then that was uh, <laughs> that's just about it that was our preseason. That's it, yeah. lads. <laughs> you know, I, I would just like pass a mirror about a week before, you know, the season begins and realize you fat fuck shaman. <laughs> you're going to look like shit on TV. As it is, it adds 20 pounds. And you're already 10 pounds more than you were at the end of last season. And then you're grayer as well and your fucking skin shit. And you got and you that little, yourself, you got that little thing that shows up on your forehead. You that's don't been there for, yeah, that's been there forever though. That that big well. This is where I keep my change. It's an increasing crease though. It's, <laughs> I think it's increasing. I think it's always. But you know what's there? It, you know, it, I don't see it when the I know. older you've gotten. It's deep. Only on TV. What does that look, what does that look like? Yeah, <laughs> it looks like a vagina. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Well, you guys seem to forget that the audience is listening to us. You're making all these visual, great visual jokes. Mm. By the way, fat footballers, like, what is a fat footballer? You know, we make, as fans, we make fun of certain players, and they're not fat. They're in incredible shape. Romelu Lukaku, for example, you know, a couple of years ago, oh, gained a bit of weight. Fat Frank Lampard. I mean, Neymar, you guys ever Neymar. out of shape? What's the worst shape you entered a, uh, a training camp in? And I mean, what what is fat to a professional footballer compared Frank to is, Frank us? is chubby. 
Frank chubby, what's chubby. chubby though? Like what? A few rolls or, or what? I mean, yeah, just baby fat, like not cut, like just impossible. That's not in his DNA. Him and his dad, same. Mm-hmm. Exactly the same. John Hartson came back He's... like a stone and a half overweight. And how long would it take to get in shape? I mean, you can't really get in shape in, in... well long enough that they sold him to Wimbledon. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're like, he, he's not getting back. I think they offered eight million or something Wimbledon, so off he went. Did you guys though? Like, did you stop your preseason before preseason? When did you stop enjoying your summers and start actually thinking about man? I mean, this crazy goalkeeper. It's a bit funny to ask him this, um, but. All joking aside, like at what point did you realize each summer, okay, you know, I've had a good week, two weeks, month, wherever it is. Now it's time to get back on the treadmill in the gym. At what point was that? I would take over personally. I would do a couple runs every uh, month. <laughs> <laughs> like with a beer in your hand? Like what kind of run? Pretty much. Siggy for sure. Pretty much. Uh, you, how how long a shape? I mean, really, when you think about it, I haven't done anything for freaking years. But <laughs> back then, I'd do something, nothing for three weeks. And you get back and you start to work out and you're like, holy shit. <laughs> you lose it so quickly. Yeah. When I was, I'll tell you this funny story. When I was 17, I was just kind of breaking into the first team pitch. I haven't made my debut or anything yet. When, uh, we were off season and I was in Ibiza for two weeks DJN. I came back the night before the first day of preseason. And I, listen, they had to stretch me off of the plane because I was in such a bad state. I, I literally went a full 24 hours the night before we left, and I had training the next day. I did the first run, and I, I nearly collapsed in a daze. And the, the, the physio, the head coach, they called my dad in because they knew my dad had like major control over me. And he said, we don't know what's wrong with him, but he's collapsed on the field today. And this can't happen. If this continues to happen, then he's not going to be a professional footballer at QPR anymore. So I got the old stamp down from my dad and said, listen, you can't be doing that anymore. And I did it for another couple of years. But <laughs> did you did you find did you find, though, um, you know, having you know, DJed in Ibiza for a couple of weeks that as as an athlete, a professional athlete, your body could process drugs better than most people. <laughs> no, no, I was just on enthusiasm there, Sharms. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that what it was? Sunshine and beats, Sharms. Is that what it's called? Is that what the, is that, it's called enthusiasm down there? Is yeah, it? 17. The music is pushing you through, Sharms. When you're 17, everything's enthusiastic. Yeah. That's true. It's actually then, called enthusiasion. Yeah. I like that. But when you get to around, as Craig said, around 24, 25, and you know you can't go on benders anymore and you, you have to train properly the next day because you got some little whippersnappers at your heels now, one in your spot, that's when you have to start looking after yourself. And I probably got to around 25 and thought, I need to start doing stuff during the off-season to prepare me for pre-season. Even though my thought was, we have a six-week pre-season for me to have a good four weeks off-season. But that wasn't, the, that wasn't the case. You had to do something in that off-season. Wonga, as a, as a defensive player in the uh, Canadian college football <laughs> yeah. leagues, how was your off-season? I'm sure you were very disappointed. You know what? Uh, you give yourself a couple months because uh, your <clears throat> off-season – well, you're, uh, we, won a, we won a national championship, so we played until close to December. And then you have five months of – ridiculousness because you didn't get to take part in any of the frosh or any of that fun stuff that people do in August, September. So January comes along and you're treating that like the first time you don't have a two day practice. First time you don't, it's, it's hard to get back into school, but summers are, you know, we were always luckily for me, I had about four other buddies in my neighborhood and we'd go out and play football and I'd run, to the park and then do a hundred, uh, 10, one hundreds back and forth, do it, run another five K and push ups and sit ups all through the summer. Why though? Well, Why? I never, never missed a party. No, you never yeah, missed a party though. That. I never missed a party, but, but I would but, do the, but one, I mean, you're, but you're doing like three second sprints every five minutes 
playing football. So because why bother, why bother being in shape? When you're playing my position, I was a defensive back, but you're also doing all the specialty teams. And selling so you, beer in the stands. And selling beers in the stands after you get kicked off the team. How so, many games did you play a year, Wonger? Pardon me? How many games did you play a year? Uh, nine. <laughs> yeah. I shouldn't laugh. Yeah. No, why are you laughing? So you I were laughed. actually – a very long season. Yeah. The ball was in play for for you a total of like 36 seconds <laughs> in the whole season. Could On be, the football field, you're talking. But I'll come to Wonger's defense here. I was also 152 pounds, 156 <laughs> pounds. I was the lightest guy in the league. And really? when guys tackled me, you know, I never, it didn't hurt when it was high school, but as soon as you get to that level where guys are 250, 300 pounds falling on top of you, um, it's, it's, and then the, the crazy thing is there's guys who are faster, stronger, just better than you at everything, which I never experienced before. You know, that was, the- I, I, I've experienced that in everything I do in life. So <laughs> I, I can definitely relate to that longer. <laughs> know all about that them apples but i was going to come to your defense to say that yeah i could imagine that size was a thing but also too like it's the these short three second spurts as you joke but you have to have incredible strength because the guy on the other side especially if he's got more weight on you he's going to be strong as hell so you look at these linemen i i'm marveled at these linemen when they retire how much weight they immediately drop because it's unsustainable to carry that much weight in normal life when you're not actually doing that but it goes to show how much they need that extra weight in order to do what they do. Like Joe, Joe Thomas was a fridge playing for the Browns. The second he retired, he was like uh, like a beauty pageant contestant, like just this cut, beautiful, chiseled man that you never saw when, when he was a lineman because he had to carry 90 extra pounds. 90 yeah. extra pounds yeah. he was keeping on. His, yeah. his off-season training was eating. That was yeah. Imagine being told, imagine being told you, got, you got to gain 90 pounds. I'd love that. Be you amazing. would love that? Yeah. I don't think you would. I would. You eat a lot of pies and you drink a lot of beer. Uh, yeah, like I would just you'd like uh, that part of it. Be amazing. The only I'm way that watching. would work on you, the only way that would work on your charms, that extra ninety pounds, spray tan. <laughs> oh, so he's <laughs> moving to Liverpool. Those, if you're one of those English guys on holidays, <laughs> oh right, who are just fat, but they have that dark, dark, deep tan, and they walk around <laughs> at their banana hammocks. That's what you're doing. Hey, I've been watching uh, that last chance. You, it's, it doesn't look too difficult to me. That game looks pretty straightforward. Have you seen the basketball one of that? Charms? Not yet. No, no. I'm still in the second uh, football season. Uh, I'm surprised you're watching that, Charms. Great. No, I find it actually very interesting. God, they're stupid. Jesus Christ. The basketball one is head and shoulders above the American football one. Really? Yeah. I must admit, Buddy Stevens is wearing thin right now. It's kind of annoying. Speaking of Ted Lasso season two, has everyone seen their no. Ted Lasso season? No, I have not. Don't say a word. I've not seen it. I can't believe they killed off Roy Kent. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Charms, I just want to go back to uh, what is wrong with a three-second sprint every five minutes? I'm not saying anything's wrong with it. I made a I'm career just... out of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you were active, though, for 90 minutes in some capacity. Yeah. Right, sure. you were on the sidelines. Well, <laughs> sometimes you were. <laughs> <laughs> um, that Ted Lasso season two is good, beat. I have to admit, it's, it's very good so far. I won't give anything away, but I just love the Roy Kent character and how know, it's so clearly based in Roy Keane. I, I was trying to explain to my wife, she didn't have any interest in the Roy Keane angle, but she quite enjoys the show itself. And uh, yeah, it's excellent. I, uh, I, I went through and binge watched the first season again, and it was mm-hmm. great again watching the first season. I told you guys, I told you guys when it first came out, it seemed like something that uh, how could they run a whole season? And I I said before, I can't believe that I'd come away from every episode feeling like, man, I need to be a better person. That's the last reaction I ever would have thought I would have had to that show. So So Jason Sudeikis, if Jason Sudeikis is listening to Footy Prime, come on for come on for an interview, Jay. We'll get him and uh, and Ryan Reynolds on the same show. There you go. And Jen Arden. And Jan Arden, yeah. Hey, is Jan Arden an Arsenal fan or a soccer fan? I'm sure I saw a tweet something weird, and I wasn't. It surprised me during Euro. Really? I'll have to. Uh, I'll have to investigate that. It myself. may have been a pro England tweet. Actually, now, now if I think about it, could have been. Find out. Find okay. out. I'm on it. And fix your I, internet. I will find. I will find out. <laughs> All right, moving on. Harry Kane. Harry Kane, as it stands right now, he's still uh, a Spurs player. Of course, Spurs playing City this Sunday. Um, Craig, do you have any sympathy for Harry Kane? 
No. None. Why should I have sympathy for him? <laughs> I like him as a player. He wants to join a different club. He wants to have freedom of movement. He wants to play in yeah. bigger games. Sure, I get it. I get all that too. I understand it, but I don't feel sorry for him. No matter what happens, he's going to be making a ton full of money. And hey, boo-hoo, if he's with a club that doesn't win the league and spurs, don't finish in the top five, then so be it. He's do his job and get on with it. And, you know, I guess he signed a six-year contract as well, right? Extension. Mm-hmm. So that's where I kind of, my sympathy for him, I understand why he wants to play, you know, for the so-called big, big four, whatever. But he did sign that big contract to provide himself security. And now, what, two years in, he wants out. Uh, that's, it rubs me wrong. I think he will get sold at some point, probably before August 31st. You know, Dan Levy's renowned for doing this, right, the players, and pushing it to the end. Um, but surely the best thing for all parties is to let him go. If, if your, your captain and your best player doesn't want to be there, it's time to move. Sorry. Yeah, your dog definitely doesn't want to be there. From the Speaking sounds. of moving. Shut up! That's a little hobo. <laughs> you know that show, Deet? How do you know that show? Oh, you missed it, Dunlop, when your internet was out. We broke it down. Best we dog movies. Right down, right down to the animatronic. German oh. Shepherd. Yeah. yeah. Jimmy Sebastian. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, going back to going back to the Harry Kane um situation, I honestly feel that Harry Kane and the chairman Levy have had an agreement. They've had a gentleman's handshake that he would do another year or at least see two years out of a big contract that he signed. It looks good in front of all the fans. And I feel that this agreement is now coming to the T-junction and saying, listen, you said I could go if I played two years here. If we didn't win anything, we don't know what clauses are in this con- this agreement, by the way. And I think he's been promised that he would be sold, that he could go to a club that is, what's it called, competing for Champions League, winning leagues and stuff like that. Yeah, now, but it teach at the same time. He could say all he wants, say, oh, well, you know, when that time comes, we're going to let you go. But if they're not offering what he thinks he's worth, then he's going to have to wait. He's going to have to sit because let, you know, he's not going to just take whatever's thrown at him by any club, right? I mean, what is he worth? If if, uh, if Grealish goes, I mean, it's a different type of player, of course, but Grealish goes for $100 million, what's Kane worth right now? Well, what what is 20-plus goals a year in the Premier League worth? You know you're getting 20 plus with him for sure. And it's a hundred. It's a hundred. That's the floor. It's a hundred, and that involves players. That's why it hasn't happened. But the city have, have, have by signing Grealish for a hundred. Uh-huh. City have raised the bar as well, because right now Harry Kane's worth more money than Jack Grealish, and he's more important to Man City than Jack Grealish is. Surely. So that's what I'm saying, though. It's a hundred yeah. and Ferran Torres. It's a hundred and Gabby Jesus. And like that's what makes it different because they can't do 170 because they, they can't write the, the the check for that and and still you know balance the wage budget. So that's what complicates it. You think that's what the holdup is, Dunlop? Like the player trade plus transfer fee. I think so. I, I think for sure Daniel Levy says it's 180, and they say no, and they says okay, well then it's 100 and this and that and this player. And they have to make that agreement that that just complicates everything, right? And adds to the cost of making it happen with all the bloody agents involved in that. I think that's the holdup. Would you take a hundred plus Sterling? If I'm Daniel Levy, I would take a hundred plus Sterling. Yeah, in a second. Yeah, you wouldn't teach. I would, but then you're going into the situation of does Sterling want to go to Spurs? Well, this is what I mean. I think this is what the holdup is with whoever that player might be, be it Torres, be it be it Jesus or Sterling. Yeah. Who wants to play for Spurs? And Harry doesn't. The key thing is as well, guys, and we spoke about this a little bit on the zone um, show, is the later you leave it, if Levy says, okay, he can go and we get 120 in, the transfer window closes within a week, 10 days, whatever it is after the season starts. And now you're kind of plucking around, trying to get a striker where all the other clubs know that you've just got that big 
windfall of money for Harry Kane. And now you're kind of shrinking your targets down even more because the money's gone up another 20, 25 million, 30 million on the player that you supposedly wanted in to replace Harry Kane. And that's why, so what's that worth it? So look at look at Villa, right? They sell Grealish, I guess quite early in the window in that it's not August 31st, right? And it gives them time to then then spend and buy, you know, Danny Ings, Leon Bailey, um, the kid from... Uh, oh, Buendia. Buendia, Buendia, right? So it looks on paper to be a Buendia. pretty good window. You're saying you're saying good morning in Portuguese. It's Buendia, not Bondia. Buendia. Yeah, Buendia. Fuck off. <laughs> I, I did. I did for about 15 minutes. <laughs> Do it again. Do it again. <laughs> but that's but that's a good window, right? And you give yourself time to address your needs, whereas it's all very well for Levy to push it to the, the deadline, like you said then, but then if you can't address your needs, then, you know, and, and you have a bad start to the season and you're to a point where you're not going to qualify for Europe, then what's that worth in a, you know, is it worth 20 or 30 million that perhaps you could have agreed upon earlier in the window. And I think the Grilla situation, though, is it was an easy one for them, and that kind of fell on their lap. 100 million, done. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess so, right? Is, he, is Grealish worth 100 million? No, he's worth I love, I love Grealish. Is he worth 100 million? In today's market? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, that, if anything, that's, I think that's a bargain. And the reason it's 100 and it wasn't 120, it wasn't 127, it wasn't 140 was because when they got promoted, that was the clause put in the deal or excuse me, his new bumper deal uh, was after they'd stayed up. Maybe it was after they'd stayed up and they put him on 200,000 a week, which is a fortune for Villa. And there was a, the clause was if a bid comes in for 100 million, you're out. Doesn't matter who it is. So that's got, what happened. They got some good use out of him, though, and they made money off him. Yeah, I think so. I think so. It's bloody weird to see him in that shirt, though. Oh, it God. It's, it uh, my, I don't think there's ever been a transfer that's made my stomach churn. And that, that did. It was uh, weird. Do you, think, do you think Pep will find a way to get him on this field with Foden and Sterling and <laughs> Mares and if, if Silva stays there and, and yada, yada, yada? I mean, Gareth couldn't do it with Foden and Grealish. Do you think Pep's got it all figured out? I think he probably has, how, how they feature. I know Foden's out for a month or so, but Deitch, from, from that perspective, do you see how that's going to work? The key thing with City is that they, they, they haven't replaced kind of Aguero, and they're, they're basically playing with, with Jesus as their main striker. Now, there's been many a time last year where they played with a false nine and you've got De Bruyne and and Foden and Mares and those guys in the team. And that's why I feel they're going to use Grealish a little bit more as as maybe a wide player or as an attacking mid or even as a false nine because he can play in all those roles along the front line. And I just feel this is a new crazy thought that's going around in Senor Pep's head where he's going to say, ah, I've got a new idea that I'm going to throw on you Premier League managers because you think you've got me sorted out and organized. I'm going to throw these four or five different guys at you in a different shape altogether, and we're going to win the title again. Because you play Foden or Grealish in a false nine, then you don't need Harry Kane, do you? Exactly. And that's, yeah. I don't think they're going to go in for him now. I really don't. I don't think they can, unless they throw in two or three players, I don't think they can throw a 120, 130 million pound bid in and add him to their squad that they've already got. Do you think they were ever in for Messi? Aren't you amazed at how quick it was just, oh, he's really out for Barca? He's going to Paris. Was City never in the conversation? I think they were, Craig. Do, do you know? I think they were early on. But uh, I I feel that for the long-term future of Man City, Dunlop Grealish is, is a better option. I'm not saying he's a better player than Messi. I think the longevity of, of signing someone like Grealish is going to help Man City in the long run. I think you're right. I think Pep probably sat there and thought, you know, the pros and cons of having Messi, but, you know, Grealish, you're going to take the two at the same money. You're getting 10 years with Grealish. He's got to be nine nine, nine years younger than uh, Messi. He's 25, yeah. Hmm. And he's getting, seems to be getting better all the time. Yeah. I mean, what a, what a fantastically talented side as far as, like, entertainment value goes. The Premier League's 
sitting in a good position there. I mean, the, the spectacular attacking players they have in the league and midfield players is pretty special. Which is great. Yeah, it's been a good window, I think, for the Premier League as far as stars coming in. Um, Lukaku is going to be a Chelsea player imminently. Um, so maybe that will force City's hand. Man, they've got Lukaku now because Chelsea were great last year, of course, down the stretch. Won the European Cup, don't forget. Um, Tuku comes in, changes everything. Um, again, a pretty young team. Players like Kai Havertz, who's going to get better and better. I think Timo Werner could have a good season playing more of a wide spot with Lukaku through the middle. So, you know, Chelsea are a lot better. Um, Jaden Sancho, do you think he's in a closer gap between first and second? Last time it was 12 points. United were good. But signing Sancho and, of course, Varane, of course, at the back there as well, that's a much better side, isn't it? Can they compete for honours this season, B? I think it's a much better team, and I do, I do think that they'll they'll kick it. Um, I'm thinking Man City, you know, are the team to beat. Obviously, um, will they be able to run with them for 38 weeks in the season? No, I don't think so. But I think they're going to take some points off of teams that they would have dropped in the past, um, largely because of those two guys that I think solve a lot of problems. You know, I, I think that Sancho will have the impact that Alexis Sanchez had when he arrived at Arsenal. You know. And I think that that will solve a lot of problems attacking for United and, and make the goals uh, come quicker and easier than they did in the past. And, you know, they will outscore a lot of other teams and they're not going to concede as much as they did before because if Rafa Varane is healthy, and that's definitely an issue, but if you've got him for 25 games, um, you're you're not often questioning him back there. And that wasn't the case for United previously, right? Big shout that, funny. What? Sancho to replace... The quality of Sanchez when he arrived at Arsenal. Yeah, I'm, sa- I'm saying that's the impact he's going to have. Yeah, when Sanchez arrived at Arsenal, you remember what, what that what that did. I think he's that player. You don't? No, I don't. I hope he does because I want him to close the gap on City. I really do. But I think Chelsea have more of a, an opportunity to close the gap on Man City than anyone else. Still a little bit worried about your Liverpool charms because. I just feel they need a little bit more depth up top. But uh, going back to United, I'm not sure how Varane is going to fit into the Premier League. I think he's a very good defender. But the hustle and bustle of just really, really dealing with the Premier League week in, week out. Also, have you guys frozen? No, no, we're here. (laughs) (laughs) We're just just bored of your answer. Um, we were listening to you and yeah I'm just I'm just worried about United at the back again <laughs> goalkeeper wise central defender wise and up top as well I, th- I think they needed to purchase a striker this best football uh, in recent times is he who De Gea no he hasn't had the best of times either a lot of pressure on them <laughs> I want to have like you know that descriptive text you get and you can get if you're if someone's deaf it'd be like Danny shakes his head at Brendan's stupid question. Yeah. <laughs> There's so much of the audio. You've got to watch this for the full effect. <laughs> um, Liverpool, you mentioned it, but you know what? And I agree they do need to do something. I mean, Christ, they've they brought in Canate at the back. You know, that's a good move, obviously, but nothing else just yet. They've still got to sell Shakiri, Origi, um, and with the African Cup of Nations in January, they're going to lose, obviously, Mane and Salah. But at the same time, I, I do like teams that kind of stay status quo, who were a great team. And last year, obviously, the injuries were the prevailing reason, I think, why they, they struggled but still finished third. Do you think there's much to it that this you know, Klopp believes so much in this side, in his team, that they could compete even if they don't spend more money? Or is that just a, a fool's dream? Yeah. I mean, it's tricky, right? He's rolling the dice on that they're going to have a better time than they did last year. And, you know, how many of these guys are on the decline? I think that it's a tough gamble. I think they're going to struggle to, you know, keep, stay in the, an actual title race. I think they can finish top four, and they might be top of the table at Christmas, you know, in some freak scenario. But I don't think that they'll, they'll be able to, to contend all season long. Another year, another year older, and in football, that's... That's hard on the body, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, listen, we always said it as well. When you're at the top of the league, for me, you have to refresh the squad by one or two players. Mm-hmm. Not only because 
you want to add quality, but you also want to keep the players that you have in that group on their toes as well. And I just don't think Liverpool have done that up top in the last two or three years now. Have they, they, brought, got, have they got rid of Origi yet? No, he's still there, time being. Shakiri, Still there. Yeah, see, like... They're, they're moving, though. They are moving, but I think that might... What the hell is that ringing someone's, noise? Someone's phone. Yeah? It's anyway, <laughs> sorry. It's, it's probably yours because you're going through your... Uh, no, it's not mine. ...personal hotspot. Uh, anyway, whatever. Um, do, you but think, no, they, do you think, guys, like the African Cup of Nations affects Liverpool this year? It's on for a month? I'm so glad that everyone listens to my answers. <laughs> I heard you, you asking about Shakiri and Origi. Craig asked about that's what I bloody just said for Christ's sakes. Oh, hey, now you know what it's like what to be me. I, I do rundowns. You don't read. I give answers. You don't listen to. Why do I bother? That's how I feel. I feel like you. I just talk all the time. You guys don't listen to me, and you, you know, you're laughing at me. We, we get no respect from the former athletes. None. That's it. That's None. It. That was a yeah. really good point you made there, Sean. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Craig. <laughs> thanks, pal. I only listen to Dan Wong. Uh, I appreciate that. I appreciate it. Um, we're almost uh, time-wise. How are we at? We're at fifty-seven minutes. Oh, good. We can we can put a bow in this before I run out of data. Sure. Uh, <laughs> oh. Let's oh, break Dunlop's bank. Um, one more before we get to footy picks. All right. Um, Vieira, Patrick Vieira is in the league again as a manager at Crystal Palace. Rafa's back this time at Everton. Um, who are you happiest to see back in the Premier League? Patrick Vieira, the former great player. Or Rafa, the former great manager? Wonger? Rafa. <laughs> <laughs> Craig? I think Vieira is the first manager to get fired this year. You think Ooh. so, do you? Ooh, that's a good one. I think Palace Ooh, could be going down for sure. I like I mean, that. It's, I like it's a that. rebuild time, isn't it? I like that. Uh, no, I've watched Rafa's teams play for over the past like decade or so, and I'm not happy about seeing him back in the Premier League. Very negative defensive football. Boring. I want to see Vieira do well. Yeah, I do too. I want to see Vieira do well, and I'm not excited about Rafa. And just think it's a weird fit. It's a, It seemed like such a force, you know? It's like, oh, they needed a, a name as big as Carlo as they could get, and that's what they did. And I just think it's not the right fit. Didn't he call them a small club? Call them a small club once, didn't he? I don't think that'll ever... Yeah, when he was Liverpool... Oh, poor yeah. Rafa, eh? a couple of sound bites and he gets just like defined for life. Chelsea, the same thing, right? It was never accepted there because of one thing he said. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it's tough. Imagine if we live our lives that way. We've been in a lot of trouble. <laughs> a lot of trouble. By the way, Deitcher, 99-2000, you boys at the Black Hats finished seventh. You had 16, 16 wins. Five grand a pop. Seventh in the Premier League. That's yeah, 80K. Point. You made 80 grand that year just in bonuses. And the We spent it on a car. No, I told my missus, if we're ever going to get married, you've got to use this win bonus on it. So there you go, love. Must have been a good wedding. You had an 80,000-pound wedding, and you DJed oh. it yourself? No, I didn't DJ at my wedding. You you serious? <laughs> you know what state I was in? Not enough ecstasy to... <laughs> I once no, asked... It's, it's called enthusiasm. 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 Yeah, right. enthusiasm. I once asked Danny Dicchio to DJ my wedding, and you know what his answer was? Danny, I love you. No. <laughs> <laughs> When are we doing the uh, the Dickio DJing turn at the local establishment, Deech? Before COVID, we're all over that. Yeah. We're, well, we were going to do it in the garage, weren't we? And that would have yeah. been a proper proper night out. But um, I don't know. We got we got we got more things in the fryer at the moment, fellas. Before we do our DJ party. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We like getting our media careers up and going once again. <laughs> all right. It's time for that time of the show where. Uh, Wonga teased a more produced opening last podcast. Has it been done yet, Wonga? Oh, God, no. no okay, good. Not. So let's go old school. Old school. Deej, Wonga, it's time for 30 picks. What, are, we, are we getting a proper song for this? Like, we are. Well, we're going to take... We're gonna Again, take, if you listened to the podcast, which you yeah. were on last time, you would have yeah. known this. We're going to take <laughs> the footy picks song and we're going to uh, put music behind it. JC oh. said he's, he'll put some music behind it. You're going to make it a song, you mean? You're yeah. going to make it a song. Well, it's already a song. Co-written by Ditch and myself. Great lyrics. Yeah. Is, is fucking Craig going to be on piano? <laughs> I'm going to be backup. Backups. <laughs> Vocals. <laughs> Let her rip, Ditch, because only one feed is better. Okay. Are we ready? Yeah. I got my mic here ready. 
on footy, footy prime. <laughs> That's nice. Neil Young's got nothing on us. Our lyrics affect people. They affect people. All right. Footy picks for week one is not about week one. It's about the entire season as a whole. I want your top four and your bottom three. Craig, you're first. I'm going to go first? That's what I okay. say. Here we go. <laughs> Chelsea, Woo. Man City, Woo. Liverpool, Woo. Man United. Woo. Chelsea champions, United fourth. That's Brent- some ballsy picks. Brentford's going down. Watford and Norwich. The three that came up are all going down. Hey, Wonger, see you're not fucking... I do my homework. Well, Brentford might be my team. Yeah, you got beat. You got beat Brentford. That's your team this year, Wonga. Might be Brentford. I'll tell you. Wrexham's his team. Wrexham. Yeah, that's right. We decided that, didn't we? Because it rhymes with rectum. That's why. (laughs) Didn't even know him. (laughs) Uh, Deeds, top four, bottom three. Chelsea, winners. Wow. Man City, Man United, Liverpool. All right. B. Oh, yeah, going down, sorry. Who's going same, down? Same as Craig. All right. I was torn with being relegated, uh, not Baston Villa or myself being relegated. I, I am often fearful I'll be relegated from the show anytime soon. Uh, I'm not going to go with the same bottom three, and this is my top four. City's going to win. United will finish second. Chelsea will finish third, and Liverpool will be fourth. I think, though... Uh, Brentford and uh, and Norwich. Norwich are just a bloody yo-yo club. And then I think Brighton's going to go down. They're due. They've come close. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't like what I'm seeing from Brighton. I don't think that they'll be able to contend. So one of them's got to stay up. But you, you never get three up, three down in the same season. All right. All right. I want to say... Oh, shut up. Bloody dogs. Sorry. Um, I'll give you mine just because it's the first of the season and we can make fun of these picks uh, at the end of the season. I got City winning. I got Chelsea second. Man United third. Liverpool fourth. And then going down, I have Palace going down. I have Palace going down. Uh, they, they've let so much experience go, and I'm going to miss miss Roy with every breath. And uh, Watford and Norwich. There you go. Well, then you want to have a crack? Yeah, Dunlop's going down. Uh, Forest will keep. Charms are coming first. Ditch, you're second. Oh. Me, oh, and it's Dunlop, like, keep... me and Dunlop are getting getting tossed. Yeah. Kill Mary Shag. You just played that that game, essentially. <laughs> Kill Mary Shag. Yeah. yeah. Who's Mary Shag? Anyway. <laughs> um, anything else you want to get to? Yes. Anyone listening Ooh. to this, we're going to be punching out hashtag DAZN Soccer and at Footy Prime on Twitter a lot. Please retweet, push out, share. We need, for this next kind of two months, we'd love as much integration, feedback. Let us know what you guys think. And even more, give us an opportunity to talk about things. Hashtag own Soccer Show. Um, there'll be a segment on each show every week where we pull out the worst of your questions and comments. And as we know, there's some really shitty ones, <laughs> really bad ones. So, so don't, don't let us down. Hashtag own Soccer Show, and we'll get to the worst of them. <laughs> Each week. All right, boys. Um, follow I think us. That's... You gotta, and the people well, need to follow us at footy underscore prime on Twitter. And thank you. Footy prime, the podcast on Instagram. Thank yeah. You. Okay. That as well. <laughs> <laughs> also on TikTok. Continue we... with the clothes. Okay. Are we, we on TikTok? Right now? Yeah, we're oh on TikTok. God. Guys. Greg, you got to get back on Twitter, though. Mm. I'm waiting. I'm waiting on an email. No, stop waiting. <laughs> Do it properly. Anyways, go ahead, Sharps. Uh, I've got nothing else to say, really. That's did it. That's the podcast. That's week did one. We done. Cl- hey, hold on a minute. Did we close what? footy picks? Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. And yeah, you beach. close it. You, cl- you close it. I want to hear your main captain. No, no. You got to. You guys got to. You start it off, each, okay. and I'll join in. That's 
Footy picks, that's footy picks, that's footy picks, on footy prime. And that was footy prime. Cheers for listening. You've been listening to footy prime, the podcast brought to you by DAZN, your sport, when and where you want it. DAZN, game changed. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.